welcome back to Scriptures with Mom and Terry. We are going to be reading Doctrine and Covenants 51 to 57. And a little bit of the background on this is um, going to come from Doctrine and Covenants, or from Redheaded Hostess. And I'll just kind of get into it here. Joseph Smith had arrived to Kirtland at the beginning of February 1831. Meanwhile, the rest of New York of the New York Saints were busy selling their homes, farms, and possessions and preparing to come to Kirtland. In general, the Saints traveled together in three groups. The Colesville branch, that included the Knights, um, the Saints from the Fayette area, like the Whitmers, and the Saints from Palmyra areas, like the Smiths. So the stories of the saints moving from their longtime homes in Kirtland are faith-building stories that can teach our families to trust in the Lord in the entire process. Leaving their homes was not easy. Saying goodbye to friends and family was not easy. And the journey itself was not easy. But they were journeying towards things they could not yet imagine. Um, there are so many good stories in here. Um, specifically, Sister Lucy Mack Smith. Um, the mother of Joseph Smith Jr. Um, has really good stories about things that happen on their, on their trek to get to, uh, New York. And let's see, maybe I'll read this one because this one's kind of fun to see. Um, so the saints from Palmyra were in, they found, they got to Buffalo and found the Colesville saints. Um, and so the Colesville saints are like the first group. And then the third group are the Colesville saints or are the ones that just got there. Um, and says that, the Palmyra saints were able to put their things upon the boat, but the boat was still trapped in ice. So there was like this boat that they were trying to get on that would take them um, further to their destination. And Lucy Mac Smith was leading the Palmyra saints and she put her faith into action. Lucy wrote about what she said to the group and what they followed and what then followed. Quote, now brethren and sisters, if you will all of you raise your desires to heaven that the ice may break or may be broken up and we be set at liberty as sure as the Lord lives, it will be done. End quote. At that instant, a noise was heard like bursting thunder. The captain cried, quote, every man to his post. End quote. The ice parted, leaving barely a passage for the boat and so narrow and so narrow that it was that as the boat passed through the buckets of water, we'll or of the buckets, uh, through the buckets of the water wheel were torn off with a crash, which joined to the word of the command from the captain, the horse answering of the sailors, the noise of the ice and the cries and the confusion of the spectators presented a scene truly terrible. We had barely passed through the avenue when the ice closed together again and the Colesville brethren were left in Buffalo, unable to follow us. As we were leaving the harbor, one of the bystanders exclaimed, There goes the Mormon company. That boat is sunk in the water nine inches deeper than ever it was before, and mark it, she will sink. There is nothing sure. End quote. 
In fact, they were so sure of it that they went straight to the office and had it published that we were sunk so that when we arrived at Fairport, we read in the papers the news of our own death. Isn't that crazy? Like some people were just such haters that they just were like, well, we're going to go publish this as if they died already. Honestly. So, you know, don't be a hater. There's also another story of her um, when she was needing to find a place for all the wives and the children and she went to this one place and they said no and then she went to this other place and it sounded like um the lady who was the innkeeper said that she could stay there and that her people could stay there except that she needed to talk to her all night um or I guess she probably didn't anticipate it being all night but that she needed to talk to her so that um she could explain the religion to her the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints uh or mormonism at the time you know um because lucy was so good at um being such a good missionary anyway so they she let her stay and then she ended up speaking with the innkeeper for like all night long and so she never got any sleep that night but at least she was able to get people to to stay there and what's nice is that she sacrificed her own sleep so that she could preach the gospel and that's just to me that's super inspiring um okay and then um there's another part here that says upon arrival at kirtland or to kirtland they were told to remain together and go to a neighboring town called thompson as a man by the name of Lehman Copley had a considerable tract record tract of land where they where he which he offered to let the brethren occupy. Lehman Copley, the former Shaker mentioned in Doctrine and Covenants forty nine, owned seven hundred and fifty nine acres nearby Thompson, Ohio. He had offered up part of his land for the settlement of the Coldsville Saints. As Edward Partridge was the Bishop of o of Ohio and not knowing exactly how to handle all the saints coming from various areas, especially this large of a group from Coesville, sought instruction on the matter, and the prophet inquired of the Lord. So this is the revelation that came from that. Okay, so section 51, revelation given through Joseph Smith, the prophet, the at Thompson, Ohio, May 20th, 1831. At this time, the saints migrating from the eastern states began to arrive in Ohio, and it became necessary to make definite arrangements for their settlement. As this undertaking belonged particularly to the bishop's office, Bishop Edward Partridge sought instruction on the matter, and the prophet inquired of the Lord. 1 to 8, Edward Partridge is appointed to regulate stewardship's properties. 9 to 12, the saints are to deal honestly and receive alike. 13 to 15, they are to have bishop's storehouse and to organize properties according to the Lord's law. 16 to 20, Ohio is to be a temporary gathering place. Okay, number one, hearken unto me, saith the Lord your God, and I will speak unto my servant Edward Partridge and give unto him directions, for it must needs be that he receive directions how to organize this people. For it must needs be that they be organized according to my laws, if otherwise they will be cut off. 
Wherefore, let my servant Edward Partridge and those whom he has chosen, in whom I am well pleased, appoint unto this people their portions, every man equal according to his family, according to his circumstances and his wants and needs. And let my servant Edward Partridge, when he shall appoint a man his portion, give unto him a writing that shall secure unto him his portion, that he shall hold it, even this right and this inheritance in the church until the trans transgresses until he transgresses and is not accounted worthy by the voice of the church according to the laws and covenants of the church to belong to the church and if he shall transgress and is not accounted worthy to belong to the church he shall not have power to claim that portion which he has consecrated unto the bishop for the poor and needy for my church therefore he shall not retain the gift but shall only have claim on that portion that is deeded unto him and thus all things shall be made sure according to the laws of the land and let that which belongs to his to this people be appointed unto this people and the money which is left unto this people let there be an agent appointed unto this people to take the money to provide food and raiment according to the wants of this people and let every man deal honestly to and be alike among this people and receive alike that ye may be one even as i have commanded you and let that which belongeth to this people not be taken and given in given unto that of another church wherefore if another church would receive money of this church let them pay unto this church again according to according as they shall agree and this shall be done through the bishop or the agent which shall be appointed by the voice of the church and again let the bishop appoint a storehouse unto this church and let all things both in money and in meat which are more than need more than needful for the wants of this people and be kept or just kidding uh, of this people be kept in the hands of this of the bishop and let him also reserve unto himself for his own wants and for the wants of his family as he shall be employed in doing this business and thus i grant unto this people a privilege of organizing themselves according to my laws in verse 14 i like that it says that the people will get according to their wants and that's awesome because sometimes we think that the lord doesn't want us to bless doesn't want to bless us with temporal things because it's all about spiritual things but he cares about the things that we care about and so i think this is important for us to remember that the lord doesn't just care about us barely scraping by or surviving he cares about the things that we want also okay number 16 and i consecrate unto them this land for a little season unto i until I, the Lord, shall provide for them otherwise, and command them to go hence. And the hour and the day is not given unto them. Wherefore, let them act upon this land as for years, and this shall turn unto them for their good. Um, obviously, he says that right there, that they're not going to be there for a long time. It says a little season, right? What is a little season? A little season is just like a little bit, a little time, a little, a little while. Um, and remember in Doctrine and Covenants 48, five, the Lord said, the place is not yet to be revealed, but after your brethren come from the East, there are to be certain men appointed and them it shall be given to know the place or to them it shall be revealed. And so, you know, some men will know, but, um, 
And then in verse 17, the Lord says to act upon this land as for years. So like act as if you're going to live here for a while, but you're only going to be here for a little bit. And of course, you never know what that means. Because for the Lord, a little bit could be a super long time. <laughs> and we know that to be true, right? And so um, I think it's, I think it was nice that maybe the Lord gave them permission to, to act as, as if they were going to be there for years. Because I know that sometimes when we go places and we know it's temporary, we don't do as much work as we can. Um, because we're like, well, we're not going to be here. We'll just set it up a little bit, you know, we'll set it up just so that we can survive. And I think that maybe there were saints who, who were trying to decide like, well, how do we survive or how do we live here, but not live here? You know, like how do we live here temporarily? And so I think this could be like a good answer that the Lord gave him. Like, don't just live here temporarily pretend like you're going to live here for years and make it your place and and that way it'll feel like home you know and you won't feel like you're just keeping all your stuff in your suitcase because I might need to leave the next day but that, that we can put down roots we can do things we can do different um we can start a business we can you know all these things we can plant things you know so that they could thrive in that area instead of just surviving right so um this is just a lesson from the lord to not just survive but to thrive and it's it it's a good lesson for us i mean there's those talks that say um bloom where you are planted you know, and that I think that's the same, the same concept, whether you're planted for a little bit, a little season, you know, there's those people who move around so much that maybe they do keep, maybe, maybe those people do keep some of their things in their storage or in their boxes or suitcases or something. I know we still haven't gotten everything out from our boxes, so maybe we would be considered not even having settled here for real. Um maybe we are still considered like not not rooted, you know, not um here for as for years. And so it's possible, you know. I think once you know where you're going, once you know that you're going to move, you kind of don't take care of things as much. I know for a fact that there's people that have been moving um, that I know of that are building a house at, in our neighborhood and are moving to a different area. And they just let the weeds grow and they don't care about keeping their land looking nice anymore, even though their house was like super nice. Um, but they're just like, it's fine. We're not going to live here forever. So we're just gonna not weed, not do those things. Now, granted, I'm not trying to judge them at all because I don't weed and I'm going to be here for years. You know what I mean? But still like you can tell that there is a shift in your attitude when you're not going to stay somewhere for a long time. So the Lord was giving them permission, like, let's just pretend you're going to be here for years. Okay. 
Um, okay, number 18. Behold, this shall be an example unto my servant Edward Partridge in other places in all churches. And whoso is found a faithful and a just and a wise steward shall enter into the joy of his Lord and shall inherit eternal life. Verily I say unto you, I am Jesus Christ who cometh quickly in an hour you think not. Even so. Amen. Um, interesting that... He had to put in there that, that he comes quickly in an hour that you think not. Um, so if you're always thinking of him, then he won't come then. But in an hour where you think that he won't. <laughs> so so we still have hope, right? Because um, I try to think of him all the time. But it's in the hour that you think not. And... Who knows? He might come during PTA field day for the kiddos at the Rocky Mountain Elementary, right? Because <laughs> that is certainly an hour that I would think not. Um, that's what we have going on today. We have our field day today for the sixth grade or for the entire school, and the sixth graders get to help the lower grades. And so Finn and Faust will actually get to be together in the second half of field day so that'll be fun and flora and i will be there all day um helping out with the with field day concessions so that'll be fun but anyway um that is doctrine and covenants section 51 and we will pause here until we get back okay hopefully you took a two minute break or two second break whatever you needed because now we're getting into this section 52 and we're getting into it a little bit late in the week although you can't tell <laughs> because I am reading it right now okay revelation given through Joseph Smith the prophet to the elders of the church at Kirtland Ohio June 6 1831 a conference had been held at Kirtland beginning on the 3rd and closing on the 6th of June at this conference, the first dis distinctive ordinations to the office of high priest were made, and certain manifestations of false and deceiving spirits were discerned and rebuked. One to two, the next conference is designated to be held in Missouri. Three to eight, appointments of certain elders to travel together are made. Nine to eleven, the elders are to teach what the apostles and prophets have written. Twelve to twenty. To 21, those enlightened by the Spirit bring forth fruits of praise and wisdom. 22 to 44, variations, just kidding, various elders are appointed to go forth preaching the gospel while traveling to Missouri for the conference. Okay, so um, this is pretty crazy because we remember that the Colesville Saints were traveling and they were traveling in this big group and... They were going to go and live on this brother's property because he donated it to the church. And then he decided he wanted to be a shaker again and left and said that the saints could no longer use the property. Which, you know, if you had been traveling for so long, um, all you would want to do is finally find your place of rest, right? Like you would just want to be done with it. And... I guess this poor brother no longer wanted to keep his promise of allowing all the saints, um, like kind of like the Colesville ward, <laughs> uh, 
um, to, to move there. So this revelation was given and it was just, you know, something hard for them to do, I think, because, um, they had just been traveling already and it's like, wait, we're still not there yet, you know? And even though they were promised that that was going to be the place, or at least I would have thought, right? I would have been one of those people that would have thought like, well, I thought that this was it, right? And then they get, and then the Lord decides to move them again. And I guess for me, it's probably more like, let's do this sooner rather than later before I really get settled. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. Okay. Behold, this is verse one. Behold, thus saith the Lord unto the elders whom he hath called and chosen in these last days by the voice of his spirit, saying, I, the Lord, will make known unto you what I will that ye shall do from this time unto the, until the next conference, which shall be held in Missouri upon the land, which I will consecrate unto my people which are a remnant of Jacob and those who are heirs according to the covenant. Wherefore, verily I say unto you, let my servants Joseph Smith Jr. and Sidney Rigdon take their journey as soon as re- preparations can be made to leave their homes and journey to the land of Missouri. And inasmuch as they are faithful unto me, it shall be made known unto them what they shall do. And it shall also, inasmuch as they are faithful, be made known unto them the land of your inheritance. And inasmuch as ye are not faithful, they will they shall be cut off, even as I will, as seemeth me good. And again, verily I say unto you, let my servant Lehman Bright and my servant John Coral take their journey speedily. And also my servant John Murdoch and my servant Hiram Smith take their journey into the same place by the way of Detroit. Okay, so this is where the Lord is sending missionaries and they're all going in pairs as missionaries do. And they're going to different parts of um, of where they're going to travel. So it looks like John Murdoch and Hiram Smith have to go through Detroit and then um the other brethren are going like the normal way but they're all walking and this seems crazy but this is not as I mean this is a normal thing for them in these days to walk and so they were going to move to Missouri but during their trip they were going to be missionaries and number nine and let them journey from thence preaching the word by the way saying none other things than that which the prophets and apostles have written that which is taught them by the comforter through the prayer of faith let them go two by two and and thus let them preach by the way in every congregation baptizing by water and by the laying on of hands by the water's side for thus saith the lord i will cut my work short in righteousness for the days come that I will send forth judgment unto victory, and let my servant Lyman Bright beware, for Satan desireth to sift him as chaff. And behold, he that is faithful shall be made ruler over many things. And again, I will give unto you a pattern in all things, that you may not be deceived, for Satan is abroad in the land, and he goeth forth deceiving the nations. This is interesting. Like I could definitely put my name in that. Um, verse 12 and let my servant Linda Weiniger beware for Satan desireth to sift her as chaff right like 
I think we could all apply all of our names in that in that scripture because Satan desireth to sift all of us as chaff. So it's just something that we need to always be aware of because Satan is abroad in the land and goeth forth deceiving the nations. Wherefore, so number 15, wherefore he that prayeth, prayeth whose spirit is contrite, the same is accepted of me if he obey mine ordinances. And he, or just kidding, he, verse 16, he that speaketh whose spirit is contrite, whose language is meek and edifieth, the same is of God if he obey mine ordinances. And again, he that trembleth under my power shall be made strong and shall bring forth fruits of praise and wisdom according to the revelations and truths which I have given you. Okay, see here he's saying what he can do um, to those people who praise the Lord. And he says, and again, he that humbleth or trembleth under my power shall be made strong and shall bring forth fruits of praise and wisdom according to the revelations and truths which I have given you. And so whoever, and I think trembleth under my power, I almost feel like he's not trying to scare people. Um, even though it might seem like that sometimes, but I think it's more like trembleth, like shaking things up, you know, like he that trembleth under my power, he, he that's, you know, being shaken up, you're changing things up, um, under his power and willing to use his power to shake things up in your life will be made strong and then shall bring forth fruits of praise and wisdom. Like if you've ever worked out, you know that like if you've done the bar workout with the plie where you just have to just bounce and you have that plie, you're holding the plie, you're bouncing, right? And you're just hoping that somebody tells you to stop because you are all of a sudden shaking. Your legs are shaking. You're like, I don't even know how this happened because this is crazy that my legs are shaking. But and then it's it's basically just your muscles are shaking because or trembling um because they're changing they're working it's like what you're doing is working to help you become stronger and so i think this is that's what this trembleth means um number 18 and again that and again, he that is overcome and bringeth not forth fruits, even according to this pattern, is not of me. Wherefore, by this pattern ye shall know the spirits in all cases under the whole heavens. And the days have come, according to men, faith, men's faith, it shall be done unto them. Behold, this commandment is given unto all the elders whom I have chosen. And again, verily I say unto you, let my servant Thomas be Marsh, and my servant Ezra Thane take their journey also preaching the word by the way unto this same land. And again, let my servant Isaac Morley and my servant Ezra Booth take their journey, also preaching the word by the way unto the same land. And again, my let my servants Edward Partridge and Martin Harris take their journey with my servants Sidney Rigdon and Joseph Smith Jr. Let my servants David Whitmer and Harvey Whitlock also take their journey and preach by the way unto this same land. And let my servants, Parley P. Pratt, Norse and Pratt, take their journey and preach by the way, even unto this same land. And let my servants, Solomon Hancock and Simeon Carter, also take their journey 
unto this same land and preach by the way. Let my servants Edison, Edson Fuller and Jacob Scott also take their journey. Let my servants Levi W. Hancock and Zebedee Coltrane also take their journey. Let my servants Reynolds Cahoon and Samuel H. Smith also take their journey. Let my servants Wheeler Baldwin and William Carter also take their journey. And let my servants Newell Knight and Selah J. Griffin both be ordained and also take their journey. Okay, so all these missionaries are getting their calls, right? Which I think is so cute. Um, that the Lord is calling them himself. Um, he's assigning these people together. And if you know anything about visiting, teaching, or ministering, you know that we are always assigned um, companions and it is our job to coordinate with that companion and and minister to the sisters or brothers or families that we have been assigned and i have to admit that i'm always the one who wants to go by themselves um i actually like getting companions who are not active or who are um who don't even come to church at all for just a number of reasons um, because then I feel like I am ministering to that person too. And I don't actually have to coordinate with them to go to do any kind of ministering because I'll just minister to them myself. So I'll like minister to the assigned companion or to the assigned people, but then also the person who's my companion. And so I wonder if some of these companions were ones who, excuse me, maybe didn't have the same strength and so like I know that sometimes companionships you, you get like the strong companion and then the not as strong companion because they need somebody strong so that they can follow their example to learn like what the, what they need to do and so I wonder if that's kind of what the Lord was doing here or I wonder if he was putting people together who were already friends or who would get together um, on a regular basis anyway, because sometimes that's how companionships are made too, is where those two people are always going to be together. So you may as well put them together because that's what they want. It's, it's almost kind of hard, like, like picking for teams, you know, you want your best friend to be on your team. And if they're not, you're kind of sad about it. Or if they don't put you with your best bud, you're going to be, you know, disappointed a little bit and figure out how to work stuff. So I wish I knew um, the relationship between these people so that I could learn a little bit more about the Lord's pattern. Although I guess I could kind of see it in my life. And so I don't necessarily need that example. But it would be fun to see like, oh, so and so and so and so they were friends, they hung out, you know, the Lord knows them and knows that they would do well together. Or um, these two people, you know, they don't even know each other, but their backgrounds are pretty similar. And so this is going to be cool how they're going to end up, you know, being like best friends after. And, you know, I kind of like the backstory of, of people sometimes. And so I think, I think it's probably safe to say, um, and when I mean safe to say, like, for sure, like the Lord knows us, knows what is best for us. He knows what we prefer. He knows what we like. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our strengths and he knows what, like how we're going to become our best selves. And so I think sometimes we're so scared that 
we that the Lord wants to train us and teach us and build us up, but we also forget, or at least I know I forget, I forget that the Lord knows that I need to do things that will get me excited, that will, you know, aside from the fact that, yes, hard things make us stronger and make us better, when we're doing a hard thing already, just doubling up on the hardness um, maybe isn't the best uh, thing for each one of us. And so maybe he he's going to put us with the person that's going to help the journey be the best for us. Right. And, and so, you know, I think of these sisters that I have been able to minister to, you know, I didn't serve a mission, so I don't know about my companions at all there, but the companions that I've had through ministering, um, sisters, I know that I've had a few really great companions who, first of all, knew that they were my companion because I told them. And so then um, they were able to, you know, help pull their own weight kind of thing. But those like those ones were the those companions were those who I actually loved and appreciated because I didn't have to um, do the extra work. I didn't have to be the one that needed to minister to that person and to the people that were assigned to us and then the people that um were our, my companion but that those companions could help me where I was weak and would help me where I needed extra help or extra reminders or you know and and I just I remember a few of those and and they are my dear friends and I ended up realizing that, hey, you know what? Companions are awesome and they actually do help me. And so it's like now it's nice because I'm learning that although I love to work by myself, um, that it's actually better for those who we're ministering to if we can work as a companionship versus by myself because I can't do everything and I can't serve the way I want even by myself but I can serve in a way that will bless the people's lives if I use my companionship um anyway that's probably like a long super long tangent there but I thought it was pretty cool how he was making little companionships and that's how they do it nowadays in in the church where they see the missionary's name and then they assign the missionary where they need to go and with companions you know i i'm not they're like the the apostles don't pick the companionships but they are still inspired obviously um to be assigned together and so I just think it's kind of cool to see those assignments that the Lord just makes those here. Okay, number 33. Yea, verily I say unto thee, or wait, verily I say, let all these th- these take their journey unto the one place in their several courses, and one man shall not build up another's foundation, neither journey in another's track. He that is faithful, the same shall be kept and blessed with much fruit. And again, I say unto you, let my servant Joseph 
Joseph Wakefield, and Solomon Humphrey take their journey into the eastern lands. Let them labor with their families, declaring none other things than the prophets and apostles, that which they have seen and heard, and most assuredly believe that the prophecies may be fulfilled. In consequence of transgression, let that which was bestowed upon Heman Bassett be taken from him and placed upon the the head of Simon's rider. And again, verily I say unto you, let Jared Carter be ordained a priest and also George James be ordained a priest. Let the residue of the elders watch over the churches and the, and declare the word in the regions round about them and let them labor with their own hands and there be no idolatry nor wickedness practiced and remember in all things the poor and the needy the sick and the afflicted for he that doeth not these things the same is not my disciple and again let my servants joseph smith jr and sydney rigdon and edward partridge take with them a recommend from the church and let there be one ordained of my for my servant oliver cowdery also and thus even as i have said if ye are faithful ye shall assemble yourselves together to rejoice upon the land of missouri which is the land of your inheritance which now which is now the land of your enemies 43 but behold i the lord will hasten the city in its time and will crown the faithful with joy and with rejoicing behold i am jesus christ the son of god and i will lift them up at the last day even so amen Okay, there is a part in section 52 that we just read um, that I just found on the notes for Redheaded Hostess. And I wanted to share that because I thought it would be interesting. Um, Okay, it was John Whitmer explained what happened, um, I guess, before the revelation, during the revelation. Um, so let me go ahead and read this. It says, on June 3rd, 1831, a general conference was called and a blessing promised if the elders were faithful and humble before him. The Lord made manifest to Joseph that it was necessary that such of the elders as were considered worthy should be ordained to the high priesthood. After he had prophesied, he laid his hands upon Lyman White, ordained him to the high priesthood after the holy order of God. And the spirit fell upon Lyman, and he prophesied concerning the coming of Christ. He saw the heavens open and the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of the Father, making intercession for his brethren, the saints. He said that God would work a work in these last days that tongue cannot express, and the mind is not capable to conceive the glory of the Lord shone around. Joseph Smith Jr. prophesied the day previous that the man of sin should be revealed, While the Lord poured out his spirit upon his servants, the devil took a notion to make known his power. He bound Harvey Whitlock and John Murdoch so that they could not speak and others were affected. But the Lord showed to Joseph the seer the design of the thing. He commanded the devil in the name of Christ and he departed to our joy and comfort. And that was John Whitmer in the book of John Whitmer, chapter 7. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Now we're going to go to section 53. And this is really cute. I love that um, how they called missionaries, the Lord called missionaries. And then 
Sydney Gilbert was the only one left without like a mission assignment or a companion, I guess. And he asked Joseph like if he had an assignment for him or if the Lord had an assignment for him. And so this was what the revelation uh, was given for this guy. But I think it's interesting how um, maybe because I'm like, oh, why did he, why'd the Lord leave him out? But maybe we don't know what was going on in Sidney Gilbert's um, life, that it's possible that he needed kind of an out. Um, and the Lord needed to give him an out until he requested it himself, right? Sometimes we, um, we wonder if we're doing what we're supposed to, or if we're doing what we need to do to come closer to Christ. And then, um, we might have a calling or we might have responsibilities that we maybe complain about or don't want. And so it's possible that, you know, Sidney Gilbert had that going on in his life. And then, um, so he had, he had the opportunity to just be like, oh, sweet, you know, I I just got released, you know, or I don't have a responsibility to go to anywhere. So I'll just, you know, stay or I'll just follow everybody and just do my own thing, you know. Um, but maybe it was the Lord kind of testing him to see what choice he would make. So section 53, revelation given through Joseph Smith, the prophet to Algernon Sidney Gilbert. At Kirtland, Ohio, June 8, 1831, at Sidney Gilbert's request, the prophet inquired of the Lord as to Brother Gilbert's work and appointment in the church. 1-3, to three, Sidney Gilbert's calling and election in the church is to be ordained an elder. 4-7, to seven, he is also to serve as a bishop's agent. Behold, I say unto you, my servant Sidney Gilbert, that I have heard your prayers, and you have called upon me that it should be made known unto you, of the Lord your God concerning your calling and election in the church, which I, the Lord, have raised up in these last days. Behold, I, the Lord, who was crucified for the sins of the world, give unto you a commandment that you shall forsake the world. Take upon you mine ordination, even that of an elder, to preach faith and repentance and remission of sins according to my word, and the reception of the Holy Spirit by the laying on of hands and also to be an agent unto his church, unto this church in the place which shall be appointed by the bishop, according to commandments which shall be given hereafter. And again, verily I say unto you, you shall take your journey with my servants Joseph Smith Jr. and Sidney Rigdon. Behold, these are the first ordinances which you shall receive, and the residue shall be made known in time, in a time to come, according to your labor in my vineyard. And again, I would that ye should learn that he only is saved who endureth unto the end. Even so, amen. So yeah, I mean, it sounds like maybe he was a little bit wishy-washy, right? Because the Lord says to endure to the end. And and that's okay. Sometimes we're not sure of what we're doing and we just need the Lord to kind of give us that added push to help us remember who we are, you know? Okay.
Okay, so section 54 says that the the little season the Lord referred to in Doctrine and Covenants 51 verse 16 when directing the Colesville Saints how long they would be staying in Ohio was truly, quote, little, unquote, due to Lehman Copley's inability to stay true to his covenants and the church. Shortly after Lehman Copley's experience testifying to his former religious group, the Shakers, in remember section 49 Lehman broke his commitment and ba- and bond to the members and evicted the saints from his promised property so remember the Colesville saints um all were coming together and they all basically in their little ward or i guess i should say large ward they stayed in Lehman Copley's farm or land and then now Lehman Copley is telling them to leave and they have to pay $60 damage because they made his land awesome. They basically built their houses and planted crops and everything. Remember, because the Lord told them to be there as for days and then, or as for years, and then they now have to move. So this is the revelation given. Revelation given through Joseph, uh, section 54, Revelation given through Joseph Smith, the prophet to Newell Knight at Kirtland, Ohio, June 10th, 1831. Members of the church living in Thompson, Ohio, were divided on questions having to do with the consecration of properties. Selfishness and greed were manifest following his mission to the Shakers. Lehman Copley had broken his covenant to consecrate his large farm as a place of inheritance for the saints. Arriving from Colesville, New York, as a consequence, Noel Knight, leader of the members living in Thompson, and other elders had come to the prophet asking how to proceed. The prophet inquired of the Lord and received this revelation, which commands the members in Thompson to leave Lehman's, Lehman Copley's farm journey, and journey to Missouri. 1 to 6, the saints must keep the gospel covenant to gain mercy. 7 to 10, they must be patient in tribulation. Behold, thus saith the Lord, even Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, even he who was crucified for the sins of the world. Behold, verily, verily, I say unto you, my servant, Newell Knight, you shall stand fast in the office where I where unto I have appointed you. And if your brethren desire to escape their enemies, let them repent of all their sins and become truly humble, humble before me and contrite. And as the covenant which they made unto me has been broken, even so it has become void and of none effect. And woe to him by whom this offense cometh, for it had been better for him that he had been drowned in the depths of the sea. But blessed are they who have kept the covenant and observed the commandment, for they shall obtain mercy. Wherefore, go now, go to now and flee the land, lest your enemies come upon you, and take your journey and your appoint, whom you will to be your leader and to pay monies for you. And thus you shall take your journey into the regions westward, unto the land of Missouri, unto the borders of the Lamanites. And after you have done journeying, behold, I say unto you, seek ye a living like unto men unto uh, until I prepare a place for you. And again, I and again, be patient in tribulation until I come and behold, I come quickly and my reward is 
with me and they who have sought me early shall find rest to their souls even so amen um i like that they that i like the scripture here um be patient in tribulation until i come and behold i come quickly i was reading or i was listening to the podcast um one minute scripture study and Kristen Walker Smith was saying how back in the day when she was little she used to think of why of when she was a member why did she have to get baptized so early she wanted to wait to get baptized until she was like 90 or on her deathbed kind of thing and she said that that used to be her wish that she wished she wouldn't have gotten baptized so soon so that she could party it up and then the day before she dies she gets baptized and then she'd be really she'd be all good and it's funny because she said that she's spoken to converts who have um you know been baptized in their later years and that each one of them wishes that they would have become a member sooner um and it's kind of what it says here in verse 10 behold i come quickly and my reward is with me and they who have sought me early shall find rest to their souls and so those people who have experienced conversion later in life they didn't feel that rest early on they didn't feel the rest that comes with the gospel and with knowing who you are and with knowing who jesus christ is and so that has helped her uh, put things in perspective because she was able to ask, you know, some friends or some people about that experience and how they wish the complete opposite of her when she was younger, that they wish they would have had more time with the scriptures and with the gospel. And that's funny because I feel the same way. I remember going to seminary and not caring anything about what I was reading and not paying attention in class and not really caring. And then finally when I, you know, was chose not to go to church for a while and then I came back, I felt like I had missed out on so much and wanted to have that closeness with the Savior. And like it just, you know, it's not the same because... It's almost like I gave that time away, you know? And so I do wish I had it back so that I could focus because now I know better. Okay, this one in section 55 is super awesome. Okay, so here's the historical background. Um, and for Doctrine and Covenants section 55. After buying a Book of Mormon from Parley P. Pratt in April of 1830, William Wines Phelps, known as W.W. Phelps, wrote that he sat up all night to compare the Book of Mormon with the Bible. The following morning, William exclaimed, quote, I am going to join that church. I'm convinced that it's true, end quote. Um, that's from the book Who's Who, I guess, from Susan Easton Black, Susan Easton Black, um, page 223. Um, May In May of 1830, W.W. Phelps left his profession as a printer and editor in Canandaigua, New York for Ohio, or Canandaigua, 
New York for Ohio with his wife and children to meet Joseph. He arrived just before Joseph left for Missouri and also saw all of the other elders preparing to leave on their respective missions. William wanted to know what he could do, and the revelation in section 55 came in response to William's desires. W.W. Phelps has special talents, and as you study this section, notice how the Lord will call him to use his talents to build the kingdom, which is great because we love how the Lord can use our talents for his work and his purposes because he knows us, right? So he knows exactly where he's putting us in his work. Okay, Revelation uh, section number 55. Revelation given through Joseph Smith the prophet to William W. Phelps at Kirtland, Ohio. June 14, 1831. William W. Phelps, a printer, and his family had just arrived at Kirtland, and the prophet sought the Lord for information concerning him. One to three, William W. Phelps is called and chosen to be baptized, to be ordained an elder, and to preach the gospel. Four, he is also to write books for children in church schools. Five to six, he is to travel to Missouri, which will be the area of his labors. Behold, thus saith the Lord Unto you, my servant William, yea, even the Lord of the whole earth, thou art called and chosen, and after thou hast been baptized by water, which if you do with an eye single to my glory, you shall have a remission of your sins and a reception of the Holy Spirit by the laying on of hands. So I love that, you know, the Lord calls him by name, of course, and then identifies who he is and also shows him that he knows him by saying after you've been baptized, you know, because he already knows that William wants to do that. And then um, that he'll receive the Holy Ghost. And I think those are the things that he wanted. And that's why the Lord addressed those first. And then in in verse two, and then thou shalt be ordained by the hand of my servant Joseph Smith Jr. to be an elder unto this church to preach repentance and remission of sins by way of baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. And whomsoever you shall lay your hands, if they are contrite before me, you shall have power to give the Holy Spirit. And again, you shall be ordained to assist my servant Oliver Caldry to do the work of printing and of selecting and writing books for schools in the in this church that little children also may receive instruction before me as it is pleasing unto me. Um, I love that that's the second book that was written because the first book, we remember Emma, uh, Joseph Smith's wife, needed to write the, was assigned to write the hymn book. And then this is the second book. Um, and the second book is children's book. Technically, I guess it's the first actual like church manual maybe. Um, but it was for children to, to be able to learn and how the Lord loves his little children, you know, just goes to show you. And then number five, and again, verily I say unto you for this cause, you shall take your journey with my servants, Joseph Smith Jr. And Sidney Rigdon, that you may be planted in the land of your inheritance to do this work. And again, let my servant Joseph Co also take his journey with him, with them. The residue shall be made known hereafter, even as I will. Amen. So it's just pretty neat how he's able to use Phelps's 
you know, writing background and publishing background to write books for the church. Also, I'm sorry I keep yawning. Apparently, I yawn all the time and it is an, uh, I have to keep pausing in the middle of each of these, almost like every other verse or something. And it's a little bit ridiculous and it makes the time for this go really fast or really slow because because it just takes longer when I have to keep pausing and it's super annoying, but I still want to do it. And so I'm just going to push past it. Also, I had to take a break to help Miss Flora go back down for her for another nap and or for her nap since waking up this morning. And she's just so cute. She fell asleep on the swing and then I was like, oh, I should transfer her to her bed. But she woke up. But then she fell back asleep. So we're good. Um, okay, so we're going to be in section 56. Or just kidding. We're still in section 55. We did not. Oh, yeah, we did read that. Oh, see, I can't even remember things. Okay, so we're in section 56. Um, and this is Ezra Thayer. And he was in section 33 when a revelation was given to him um, in Northrop Suite. Ezra was a bridge builder in Palmyra area and had employed Joseph, his father, and his brothers. Uh, when several of his family members began to express interest in the Book of Mormon, he was upset and chastised them. His brother then insisted that the two of them learn more about the book and there agreed to go to the Smith Farm. When they arrived, there was a large group of people, and Ezra made his way to the front. Hiram said, or Hiram Smith then began to speak of his experience. Ezra wrote, "When Hiram began to speak, every word touched me in the inmost to the inmost soul. I thought every word was pointed to me. The tears rolled down my cheeks. When Hiram got through, he picked up a book and said, "Here is the Book of Mormon." I said, "Let me see it." I then opened the book and I received a shock with such exquisite joy that no pen can write and no tongue can express. I shut the book and said, what is the price of it? Fourteen shillings was the reply. I said, I'll take the book. I opened it again and I felt a double portion of the spirit that I did not know whether I was in the word or not. I felt that I was truly in heaven. Oh, how cute. What an awesome description of reading or coming in contact with the Book of Mormon and listening to Hiram Smith. Um, this was taken from Saints Herald, July 1862, and cited in Lyndon W. Cook, The Revelations of the Prophet Joseph Smith, pages 47 to 48. Um, so that's pretty neat. And then it says, Ezra moved to Kirtland and was called on a mission with many others, as noted in section 52. His call was to go to Missouri, with Thomas B. Marsh. However, Ezra refused to go. It is not known exactly what caused there to change his heart, but it is likely something to do with Frederick G. Williams's land. Frederick G. Williams had a 144-acre acre farm in Kirtland, and some of the New York saints, including Ezra Thayer, lived on this farm. Ezra was living upon that land and possibly felt that the land should be partially consecrated to him. See Making Sense of the Doctrine and Covenants by Stephen C. Harper, page 196. Ezra refused to leave on his mission until the land was secured, but Thomas B. Marsh was ready and willing to leave. Thomas B. Marsh, now left without a companion, went to Joseph and the Re Revelation in DNC 56 is the result. 
Revelation given through Joseph Smith the prophet at Kirtland, Ohio, June 15, 1831. The revelation chastises Ezra there for not obeying a former revelation, the commandment referred to in verse 8, which Joseph Smith had received for him, instructing Thayer concerning his duties on, Fe on Frederick G. Williams's farm where he lived. The following revelation also revokes Thayer's call to travel to Missouri with Thomas B. Marsh. One to two, the saints must take up their cross and follow the Lord to gain salvation. Thirteen to three to thirteen, the Lord commands and revokes the disobedient or sorry, the Lord commands and revokes and the disobedient are cast off. Fourteen to seventeen, woe unto the rich who will not help the poor, and woe unto the poor whose hearts are not broken. Eighteen to twenty, blessed are the poor who are pure in heart, for they will inherit the earth. Okay, verse 1. Hearken, O ye people who profess my name, saith the Lord your God. For behold, mine anger is kindled against the rebellious, and they shall know mine arm and mine indignation in the day of visitation and the wrath and of the wrath upon the nations. And he that will not take up his cross and follow me and keep my commandments, the same shall not be saved. Behold, I the Lord command, and he that will not obey shall be cut off in mine own due time. After I have commanded, and the commandment is broken. Wherefore I, the Lord, command and revoke as it is seemeth me good, and all this to be answered upon the heads of the rebellious, saith the Lord. Okay, number five. Wherefore I revoke the commandment which was given unto my servants Thomas B. Marsh and Ezra there, and give a new commandment unto my servant Thomas, that he shall take up his journey speedily to the land of Missouri, and my servant Selah, Jay Griffin shall also go with him. So so we can see that he got a new assignment for his um for his mission. And then for behold, number six, for behold, I revoke the commandment which was given unto my servant Selah J. Griffin and Newell Knight in consequence of the stiff neckedness of my people which are in Thompson and their rebellious and their rebellions. Wherefore let my servant Newell Knight remain with them. And as many as will go may go that are contrite that are contrite before me and by be led by him to the land which I have appointed. And again, verily I say unto you that my servant Ezra there must repent of his pride and of his selfishness and obey the former commandment which I have given him concerning the place upon which he lives. And if he will do this, as there shall be no divisions made upon the land, he shall be appointed still to go to the land of Missouri. Otherwise, he shall receive the money which he has paid, and shall leave the place, and shall be cut off out of my church, saith the Lord God of hosts. And though the heaven and the earth shall pass away, these words shall not pass, but shall be fulfilled. And if my servant Joseph Smith Jr. must needs pay the money, behold, I the Lord will pay it unto him again in the land of Missouri, that those of whom he shall receive may be rewarded again according to that which they do. For according to that which they do, they shall receive even in the lands for their inheritance. Behold, thus saith the Lord unto my people, you have many things to do and to repent of, for behold, your sins have come up unto me and are not pardoned because you seek to counsel in your own ways. And so if we listen to our own ideas then we're not going to be excused, right? And your hearts are not satisfied, and ye obey not the truth, but have pleasure in unrighteousness. Uh, number 16, Woe unto you rich men that will not give 
your substance to the poor for your riches will canker your souls and this shall be your lamentation in the day of visitation and the judgment of the of indignation the harvest is past the summer is ended and my soul is not saved and woe unto and i said and huh, i added that number 17 woe unto you poor men whose hearts are not broken whose spirits are not contrite and whose bellies are not satisfied and whose hands are not stayed from laying hold upon other men's goods whose eyes are full of greediness and who will not labor with your own hands but blessed are the poor who are pure in heart, whose hearts are broken and whose spirits are contrite, for they shall see the kingdom of God coming in power and great glory unto their deliverance for their, for the fatness of the earth shall be theirs. For behold, the Lord King shall come and his recompense shall be with him and he shall reward every man and the poor shall rejoice and their generations shall inherit the earth from generation to generation forever and ever. And now I make an end of speaking unto you, even so. Amen. Okay, in these verses over here, number 16, talking about the rich men, and then number 17, talking about the poor men. And so if you're rich or poor, it doesn't matter. He just wants to make sure that your eyes are not full of greediness or that you dwell on all your riches, right? Because if we do that, then we're never going to be able to help those around us. And that's what he's put us here on earth for, to help those around us, because that's where our blessings will come. Okay, we're going to read section 57. And there's some background from this section found in the Red-Headed Hostess. And it's from... Joseph's journal about this journey it says the meeting of our brethren Oliver Cowdery, Ziva Peterson, Frederick G. Williams, and Peter Whitmer Jr., who had long awaited our arrival, was a glorious one and moistened with many tears. It seemed good and pleasant for brethren to meet together in unity, but our reflections were many, coming as we had from a highly cultivated state of society in the East. And standing now upon the confines or western limits of the United States and looking into the vast wilderness of those that sat in darkness, how natural it was to observe the degradation, leanness of intellect, ferocity, and jealousy of the people that were nearly a century behind the times and to feel for those who roamed about without the benefit of civilization, refinement, or religion. Yea, and exclaim in the language of the prophets, when will the wilderness blossom as the rose? When will Zion be built up in her glory? And where will thy temple stand unto which all nations shall come in the last days? Or our anxiety was soon relieved by receiving Doctrine and Covenants 57, the revelation that we're about to read. So it says, as Joseph mentioned above, many were disheartened by what they saw in Missouri upon their arrival. Missouri was a rugged wilderness that was on the very edge of the country and was largely unsettled. Independence had only been settled four years earlier. It was brand new. It was a place where fur traders and trappers passed through and sent their goods, as this was the primary reason that independence was founded. And when Edward Partridge left Kirtland, he expected to return. However, in this revelation, he is told to remain in Missouri and build up Zion. Edward then wrote his wife to tell her that he would not be returning and asked her and her, their five daughters to join him there. But he warned her of the conditions they would find in Missouri. He wrote, we have to suffer and shall for some 
time, many privations here, which you and I have not been much used to for years. These were saints who were used to civilized, settled society, and the edge of the wilderness brought quite a different lifestyle than they were used to. So just notice how the Lord directs these concerned saints in these first steps to build up Zion. Also, the Lord just likes to build things that are holy in places that are totally not holy at all. I think it's just to show like that he can make weak things become strong and show that evil places can be made holy. And I think that's a great lesson to learn for our own lives that the Lord doesn't care or I mean, he does care, but he doesn't, it doesn't matter where you're coming from. You could come from the lowest place. You could have done the worst things and he can still work miracles in your life to help you become holy. That person that he has intended for you to become and you can still be the best that you can be regardless of what happened in your life or where you come from. So I think that's awesome. And we'll get right into it here. Okay, Revelation given through Joseph Smith the prophet in Zion, Jackson County, Missouri, July 20th, 1831, in compliance with the Lord's command to travel to Missouri where he would reveal the land of your inheritance. The elders had journeyed from Ohio to Missouri's western border. Joseph Smith contemplated the state of the Lamanites and wondered, Quote, when will the wilderness blossom as the rose? When will Zion be built up in her glory? And where will thy temple stand unto which all nations shall come in the last days? End quote. Subsequently, he received this revelation. One to, one to three, Independence, Missouri is the place for the city of Zion. And the temple four to seven, the saints are to purchase lands and receive inheritances in that area, 8 to 16. Sidney Gilbert is to establish a store. William W. Phelps is to be a printer. And Oliver Cowdery is to edit material for publication. So everybody kind of had their little assignments. And I think they, you know, they were still kind of worried, like, where's, what, what is this place? And why are we in the wilderness, right? And will the temple ever be here? That's kind of the attitude that they, they thought, right? Um, and this is what the Lord says. So 1 to 3, Independence, Missouri, is the place for the city of Zion and the temple. 4 to 7, the saints are to purchase lands to receive inheritances. Oh, wait, I already just read that. <laughs> okay, 1. Hearken, O ye elders of my church, saith the Lord your God, who have assembled yourselves together according to my commandments in this land, which is the land of Missouri. Which is the land which I have appointed and consecrated for the gathering of the saints? Wherefore, this is the land of promise and the place for the city of Zion. <laughs> People are like, are you sure? Three. And thus saith the Lord your God, if you will receive wisdom here is wisdom. Or I guess if I say it differently, and thus saith the Lord your God, if you will receive wisdom, here is wisdom. Behold, the place which is now called Independence is the center place, and the spot for the temple is lying westward upon a lot which is not far from the courthouse. Wherefore, it is wisdom that the land should be purchased by the saints, and also every tract lying westward, even unto the line running directly between Jew and Gentile. <laughs> 
and also every tract bordering by the prairies, inasmuch as my disciples are enabled to buy land. Lands, behold, this is wisdom that they may obtain it for an everlasting inheritance. And let my servant Sidney Gilbert stand in the office to which I have appointed him to receive monies to be an agent unto the church to buy land in all the regions round about in as much as can be done in righteousness and as wisdom shall direct. And let my servant Edward Partridge stand in the office to which I have appointed him and divide unto the saints their inheritance, even as I have commanded him, and also those whom he has appointed to assist him. And again, verily I say unto you, let my servant Sidney Gilbert plant himself in this place and establish a store that he may sell goods without fraud and that he may obtain money to buy lands for the good of the saints and that he may obtain whatsoever things the disciples may need to plant them in their inheritance. Okay, I don't know why he needed to mention to sell goods without fraud. Maybe that there was a little bit of fraud at some point. So he needs to make sure that he's clear about that. Um, but also I love that everybody has their own assignment and, and that they can get to work with their assignments or they can choose not to get to work with their assignments. And number nine, and also let my servant Sidney Gilbert obtain a license. Behold, here is wisdom and whoso readeth, let him understand that he may send goods also unto the people, even by whom he will, as clerks employed in his service. Okay, this would probably be my favorite, like where the Lord gives assignments to have businesses. I'd be like, yes, which one do I get? I'd probably want the printing one, to be honest with you. W.W. Phelps's printing, that's probably what I would want to do. I could pre- I could create printables for little children to learn um, the gospel because <laughs> I've already done that and sometimes still do that. Um, okay, for our boys, number 10. And thus provide my saints that my gospel may be preached unto those who sit in darkness and in the region and shadow of death. Let's see. Number 11. And again, verily I say unto you, let my servant William W. Phelps be planted in this place and be established as a printer unto the church. Come on, that's me. <laughs> and lo, if, because I've always wanted to own a print shop, right? You guys, you guys remember that. And lo, if the world received his writings, behold, here is wisdom. Let him obtain whatsoever he can obtain in righteousness for the good of the saints. And let my servant Oliver Caldry assist him, even as I have commanded in whatsoever place I shall appoint unto him to copy and to correct and select that all things may be right before me, as it shall be proved by the Spirit through him. And thus let those of whom I have spoken be planted in the land of Zion as speedily as can be with their families to do the to do those things even as I have spoken and now concerning the gathering let the bishop and the agent make preparations for those families which have been commanded to come to this land as soon as possible and plant them in their inheritance and unto the residue both elders and members further directions shall be given hereafter even so amen so everybody had like okay not everybody but a lot of people had their assignments and so it was just like hey go set up shop and start getting to work and so if you wondered what it was that you needed to do, you wonder no more, because there it was. That's kind of nice. I almost think that I would like that better than having the 
ambiguity of me trying to figure out what the spirit is trying to tell me. (laughs) Because sometimes it's just so hard, right? Trying to discern what it is that he's telling me to do. And they have it all spelled out. But I think there's good points and bad points. Because on the one hand, while I love the fact that the Lord could just tell me what to do, on the other hand, I may not want to do exactly what it is that he's spelling it out, that he's spelling out for me, you know? And so I can kind of relate to some of these saints who are like, "Mm, I'm not going or nope, I can't do that or, you know, because I'd hope that I would be the one that would choose to follow the Lord's instruction. But if I didn't, you know, it's like, well, the Lord went through all the trouble to try and tell me what it is that he actually wanted me to do after I had asked. And then if I don't do it, that's the problem, (laughs) right? Like sometimes we do ask the Lord and we don't want the answer or, you know, not to even ask because you don't want an answer (laughs) because you don't want to then be put in a situation where you would just need to do it, right? So that's definitely being a little bit prideful there because we just want to do what we want instead of what the Lord wants. And so that, I just, I love the saints um, and the pioneers for that reason because they were just so faithful and would, so many of them would just do what the Lord asked. And it's just awesome. Um, I'm currently in this program called APM from Sarah Grace Live or Sarah Grace Allred. And she is trying to teach us how to narrow down our niche and who we want to uh, target. And I'm trying to figure out, you know, um, who I want to target. Do I want to target women? Do I want to target Latter-day Saint women? Do I want to target Christian women? You know, and then what do I want to do for them? And then do I want to help those who have betrayal trauma because that's what I've been through? Or do I want to help just all women because I'm a woman and it's hard just being a woman and you don't necessarily even have to have betrayal trauma to be a female and be tortured by Satan? And, or do I want to teach people about business and passion projects and, you know, and, and I want to do all those things. So how do I combine all of those, right, into one thing that I want? And I love that W.W. Phelps gets the opportunity to continue doing his printing, but also that he gets to write a book for the children and publish that. Like, how cool is that? And seriously, like, that would that would be my job. That's what I would want to do. And here's the thing. I am coming up with, and it's supposed to be like a funnel that I'm building and a funnel where you bring in people from a squeeze page and then a sales page and then take them to an offer pay or a one-time offer page. Anyway, like I could figure out how to do that for many of the things that I do, but for this one thing that I feel like he's calling me to do, I'm so confused. (laughs) So that's why I think if I could just get him to spell it out for me, like write it down, that would be really helpful. And so that's why I'm a little bit jealous from of the saints because they do get it spelled out. Now, like I said, it, it would be harder to just do it but if you're that kind of person then it is it's going to be easier for you and the same like I think 
if I was in this situation and I was asking and I was asking and I was asking and the Lord finally is like, yeah, fine, I'll tell you what I want you to do. And then it's totally not what I thought even, then I would be like, oh, I'm totally focusing on the wrong stuff, right? So, so, and who knows, maybe I am focusing on the wrong stuff. Maybe I don't need to do anything for women who experience betrayal trauma. If it's this hard to get information, if it's this hard to kind of figure things out, maybe I'm just not meant to figure that out. And maybe I'm supposed to just focus on my invitations and gathering saints instead, or focus on my one minute wad program or focus on so many other things that I could focus on that I've already thought through because I have ways to sell those things. But this thing that I'm trying to do is just so awkward and weird. I just don't even know how to do it. It just seems like there's not even something for it. But I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep pushing, see what what we uh, end up with. And maybe it'll be good. Maybe it won't. But at least I would have tried. And then the Lord can guide me and show me where I went wrong or what I need to change or what, you know. So it's just like a whole learning process. But at least I'll know the technique of how to get to what I need to be doing so that later I can do it for the other businesses. Well, that's a wrap and we'll see you soon. I love you all. And I really hope that you're all in a good place. Um, Summer has just started and for us, it is a good time. I don't know why. I just was looking forward to summer for so long and it's finally just come. Maybe because the coronavirus has a vaccine and we're all seeing lower numbers and deaths and it's just making everything so much better and it just seems like summer is here to heal people you know and it just feels that so healing and also I'm done with being PTA president so that helps (laughs) lessen the stress a little bit but I think I think this year um, this past year was just so hard, you know, on so many people. And we experienced the blessing of Flora. But also, you know, we got to be mindful of those who experienced the sadness and the hard trials and the the loneliness. And because that will help us um, be more like Christ, you know, as we can show that compassion, compassion will be showed to us. And, and we all need that to get, to get back home. You know, we all need that. So anyways, till next time.